get my nom, nom, nom on with the my top chicks and we will eat on, eat on the weekly because we're in a brand new, super cute spot that Stephanie wanted to come and check out, and I'm so glad she did. It's called Dipped and Debris. Right. It's a sandwich shop, which is actually attached <clears throat> to Senyai Sinlek in Northeast off Central Avenue. It's a big, it's actually part of their, it's their shop. So this is sort of an extension of their concept, which they're just having fun doing. Um, I have a Chicago beef. With the hot sport peppers on it. I got a little soup, a little broccoli cheese soup. They do have beer, which is fun. I have a Bauhaus Oktoberfest. Stephanie has the bologna sandwich. And it's so funny. Fried bologna sandwich. I knew when I walked in that that's what you were going to order. It's good. This is my face having food in it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, When you look at the, like, menu in here, they talk about... That it's the classic sandwiches thoroughly researched through family road trips, visits to iconic American eateries, and a hunger for experiencing local cultures through their food. They also do um, custard here. So there's lots of different flavor custards, lots of different toppings. Right on Central Avenue, across um, next to Senyai Senlek, and across from kind of near the East Side Co-op. Yeah. So here's the deal with dipped and debris. Those are two kinds of beef sandwiches, right? The dipped sandwich is more of a Chicago beef, right? So it's like a shredded beef with jardinera. That's what you got, right? Yes, and it's amazing. And so then it's dipped in that jus, you know? And so it's got like, it's just like ladled and it's kind of saucy and and kind of... Oh, it's so good. And the meat is so good. And then the debris is a, uh, like a po' boy. It's more of a polvoid. It's more about, like, kind of ladled on. That, to me, I think that bread has been dipped, actually. So that's good. Because it has to have that authentic thing. You know, it has to be, like, I swear to God, the best beef sandwich I've ever had was in Chicago at Clark Dog, which is a, you know, hot dog stand in uh, near Wrigley Field off of Clark and Diversity. Oh, my God. And also, they had the best beef fat fries before that. I think that was outlawed or something. You can't Yum. I love beef fat fries. Mm-hmm. The, um, the, this sandwich is incredible. The au jus is really good. It's like, a lot of times you get au jus and it just tastes like salt. This tastes like salt, but it's beefy and it's got like that little lip glaze mm-hmm. because there's real fat in it. I will say I would like my bologna to be a little thicker cut than what it is on this sandwich. And there's a lot of onions, which I think could be a little thinner cut. But... Really? Because your bologna is like a quarter inch. No. Yeah, no. I, I guess you know what my standard is? is the one I got at the State Fair. This last year, the very last day of the State Fair, I ate. At the hangar was then that? Nope. God, no. It was at Nutterfields, which is right by the Kidway on the eastern side. And it's this little food court of like a bunch of trailers, and they're all together. And they have like a little kind of secret family patio in the back. 
I saw your picture of your secret family patio. Yeah, so that is literally, that was a thick cut hunk of bologna, and that is good. And I'm not saying this isn't good, I'm just saying that I just wish it was a little thicker. Um, I like this. They have a lot of po' boys. They have like a mock duck po' boy. They have a fish po' boy chicken. They have a classic turkey sandwich. I like the idea of like researched classic sandwiches from around the country and then bringing them all together. I feel like there's a lack. I mean, I don't know if we've talked about this, but I feel like we have a lack of sandwich shops, like really good sandwich shops. Like, why don't we have... Like, there's some places, like, in San Diego, I can't remember the guy's name, it's, like, Dr. Jack's or something like that, but it was, like, all of these really amazing sandwiches, you walk in, and it's, a, it's basically a deli, and for some reason, I don't know why, we don't have those. You I'm not a, get all, yeah. all the different, and there's a couple places in Rochester, actually, that are great sandwich shops. It seems to me, like, some of our really great delis, like Lowry Hill, they do amazing sandwiches. You know, obviously, France 44, amazing sandwiches. Both of those places are my total go-to spots for sandwiches, but it's just like we don't have like that quick pop-in, you know, order like six things on your sandwich and go. It's funny because when I lived in Baltimore, they're like every day I worked at a newspaper and every day we would go to the sandwich shop and someone would run down and get the sandwiches. And it really was like, I understand what you're saying yeah. and we don't really have a place like we that don't. here. I've always wondered why people... Especially in a town where everyone says, you know, we are so, we are challenged with our spice levels and all the rest. You know, you'd think that then something like a sandwich seems like it would be a pretty easy, brilliant thing to do. What's your, um, like, there's sandwich people and there's not sandwich people. Like, are you a sandwich person? Like, would you seek out a sandwich over a lot of other things? I don't know. I mean, I think a sandwich has its place in time, you know? And it has to do with the bread. It has to do with the quality of the things inside the bread. But I don't, you know, I, I mean, and then is a burger a sandwich? Technically it is. I mean, what's the difference between your hot beef sandwich? They have a burger on the menu here. Yeah. But I'm, we're all such a, this is another thing. This is such a rabidly burger town. Like, I was at a, I was at a dinner the other night at Cato uh, Numisa. So super, we were doing kaiseki with a bunch of wine people. I mean, it was, like, very high-end, very, very, very calm and cool, like, not stuffy at all in terms of the people. But, I mean, they all were superior wine drinkers. Right, which means they have really refined palates. And they've done a lot of traveling and everything else. Seriously, a major portion of the discussion was, what's your favorite burger? What's your favorite french fry? That's hilarious. It was hilarious. And we're sitting here eating this beautiful smoked mackerel, you know, that Shige, Chef Shige is putting on the table with just all this beautiful dashi broth and everything else. And all we can talk about is what's the best burger. I mean, it was funny, but that's kind of it. Like if we're such a burgery town, why don't we have a ton of sandwich shops? Okay. So I want to just ask you. No. And these aren't like the best sandwiches, but like, can you think of like top three or just three sandwiches that you like seek out and crave? Well, cause I can think of a couple and they're not in traditional sandwich places. Oh, really? Um, yeah. I mean, I don't really order them at restaurants, really. That's my point. Like, I'm not... Or maybe I do. I have to think about this. But so, I, like, while you're thinking... All right, let me just tell you, like, top one. Okay. Is, top sandwich. Is the prosciutto and brie sandwich at France 44. Okay. All it is is, for, you know, like a good ciabatta with, you know, slathered with really good spicy olive oil 
a hunk of brie and prosciutto. It is the best. Okay. The best. So, for me, um, at Eli's on Hennepin, they have a walleye po' boy sandwich that is really great. Mm -hmm. And it has, I think what makes it so great is like a vinegar slaw that comes on top of the walleye. And it's got like this giant hoagie roll. And it's wrapped in tin foil, so like you kind of eat the first half and then unwrap the second half. Mm-hmm. And it's just not something you would expect at like Eli's, right? Another really good sandwich that's very unexpected is at Whitey's in Northeast, their banh mi. Oh. It's just, again, it's something about like the vinegary pickled vegetables <clears throat> Which is with funny the meat. Yeah, you have, that's what you basically ordered today. So that's obviously your go to thing. I like. Like, you like also that sandwich at Certix that has the arugula and the butter and the ham. Yeah. I like um, oil and vinegar. Like, I want a sauce on my sandwich or a gravy on my sandwich yeah. or an au jus. Otherwise, it feels kind of boring. Yeah. No, I don't. I mean, I'm definitely up for, for me, it's just situational because I would take the uh, the Ficelle, which is the Certix sandwich we're talking about, the tiny, tiny little uh, baguette with ham. Or they usually have salami. My favorite form is salami, arugula, red onion, just very thin slice of red onion, and then butter, salty, good butter. Like, that's number one. Sometimes you want to make this. And then number two is there's, like, a sandwich uh, in that that we kind of get out in the western suburbs, the Da Vinci's Sub. Like, I don't go to Subway really or Is that place called Da Vinci's? It's called Da Vinci's. And the sub that they have is just the sub. And it's just... But the thing is, it's like, you got to have that grinder thing where you get mayo and Italian dressing on the sub. Okay, because like that sounds right up my alley. Exactly. I like it saucy. Yeah, and it's got to have the extra pickles and it's got to have the crunch. It's just a basic sandwich. It's not that big of a deal. But my point is, is that, like, there are times when it has to be a saucy thing for me and there are times when it doesn't. So I don't have, like, I don't have, like, a rule, you know, uh-huh. as it goes. Um, another really good... This is probably like my third. I don't even know why I keep obsessing about this because it's really nothing special. I just like the way it all comes together. Is at Buster's on 28th, yeah. they have a walleye sandwich. So again, it's walleye. It's on a pumpernickel rye bread that's got like butter soaked into the bread. Yeah. And then it's got like a slaw on it and it's served open face. Oh, wow. And I don't know why, but like I crave that sandwich and I want to go and eat that sandwich. What did you think about the happy? I thought that beef was good. It was a little spicy, which is nice. I loved it. They asked me if I wanted sweet peppers or spicy. I went for the spicy. Yeah. I don't like sweet. In fact, this is the thing is I don't really love the pickles on my bologna because it's their sweet pickles. Mm-hmm. I just don't love sweet pickles at all. Me neither. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it either. It's something. My husband loves it's them. It's going to be pickled. It should be salty and briny. Yeah. Like, I don't want it to taste like candy. Yeah. I, I mean, that's fine. I would say that the bun here is really good. It's clearly a buttered bun. And I would 100% order maybe the... I would not order the bologna again, but I would order something else. This is the best hot beef I've ever had in town. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I can't think of where... I've never... I don't really order hot beefs in town because I don't... I mean, I mostly get... Chris and Rob's in St. Paul on West 7th. I'm just going to be honest. They're not my favorite. I don't like the meat. Like, this meat is roast beef. You know what I mean? Like, I can see that it's roast beef. It looks like hand-carved. 
I'm sure they cooked it. It doesn't seem like it's deli meat. Oh, Mavericks has really good sandwiches, too. That yeah. would be in my top, too. Yeah, that roast beef is seriously. And Wally's in Bloomington. Is oh, and I grew up on Wally's in Bloomington. I lived right by there, so we used to eat those on Sundays. Are they open on Sundays? I don't know. In the day, we used to go there after church. Yeah. It's in an office building. In the day, it used to be, like, right at Penn and 90th, oh. and I think it's moved. But yeah. we used to go there after church on our way home. Because my dad wouldn't go into church with us. My parents would drop us off at church. You're and kidding. we, no, I'm totally 100% serious. Yes. We would go and like sit in our Sunday school or catechism or whatever. And they would drop us off to go get like full of church ethics or whatever it is they felt like we needed from church. And then they'd pick us up. As an adult looking back on that, I'm like, that is so wrong. Uh-huh. You want me to have church, but you don't want to have church. Come on. Hard to believe that you actually believe in what they're teaching when you're not actually Because you're just dropping me off. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, it was weird. I, I got to be honest. If someone had dropped me off, I would never, I would have gone on a walk. I would have if there was anywhere around it to walk. Got it. That's and okay. not to be sad, because this is kind of sad, but the pastor that did the class when I had a sister that was killed when I was 12 and he was the first person in the door of our house and he is the one who told us because the coroner's office had sent him over. So I always felt like I was letting him down personally if I didn't like get the message. Yeah. So I had so much guilt about like the message because he really like went out of his way to be so kind to my family. So a little more than you needed to know, but there's that. Another sandwich. (laughs) Yeah. And then, then, sandwich level yeah. um the one at the one that i love the most at lowry hill meats is uh well first of all they have a burger there that if you haven't tried it it's really really good but they also have a radish sandwich like if i'm gonna do a it's like a butter radish with really like tart greens and stuff like that which is funny because you wouldn't think lowry hill meats would have a radish sandwich i know i know but they have all these great ingredients anyway so but i think sometimes i do end up putting ham on that radish and then sometimes that just becomes ruining a ham, the vegetarian ham. sandwich but ham and radishes are so brilliant I just love them do you buy like deli meat yes what do you buy um so I think what I do is I get like I get the boar's head stuff from okay. Limbs and Byerly's do you buy it prepackaged or do you have them shave it never I always have that okay I always buy either a pound or a half pound depending on what it's going to be, you know what I mean, like what the week's going to be. Yep. But I, I I rarely buy the package stuff unless it's like, there's a specific reason that it's, you know, like the herb turkey from Columbus meats or whatever, that's fine. I buy that stuff every once in a while. I sometimes buy the Columbus salami. Yeah. Well, I buy all, I, I never, you know what's funny? That's so weird. I don't ever buy hand cut salami like or prosciutto. I always get the prosciutto that's packaged. La Quercia prosciutto. Quercia. Yeah. And then the. Um, that's made in Iowa, by the way. Yep. And then, um, but I always, and, and any of like, any of the salamis or soprasadas or any of that kind of stuff, I just buy in the package. I never buy, um, I never buy it off the actual log, which you can do at normal, yeah. you know, grocery places. So when you go grocery shopping, do you always, like, stop at the deli counter and get a pound or a half pound of meat? Like, is that, like, a staple at your house? Yeah, because it can go, because sometimes when the kid comes home, it's, you know, from school, it's just a couple of, you know, things in his face. Sometimes he makes a sandwich for lunch. 
Sometimes it's, you know, like on an egg sandwich for breakfast. I can't buy deli meat. Why? I don't know. Oh. Wait, like you personally can't or you're not allowed to? There's two different no, things. No, I personally can't. When I go, I like, I don't know. I just... No, no, no. You know, seems, are you afraid of it? Or are no, you... it just seems complicated. Like to get the number and to wait in line and then to like have to pick and point. It's just so much easier to go for the packaged meat. But I will say, because I buy the boar's head, and I don't buy a lot of meat. I usually buy turkey and sometimes roast beef. I don't like it when the packaged roast beef has that, like, purple, blue, green haze on it. Do you know what I'm talking about? What is that? It's just oxygenation and, and you know, just oxygenating the meat. Yeah. Okay, because it just grosses you out when you see that on your meat. So it's a little bit... We have to go back to this, how hard you think it is to actually stand at a counter and order a pound of ham, where you just get, I mean, it's so strange to me because I do it every week that it's like, it's harder to actually find a parking spot than it is to to actually go and say, stand at a deli, wait your turn, and then go, yeah, I'll take a pound of the sandwich sliced, thanks, and then they hand it to you. I get anxiety, because there's always like... Who has the number that's, like, yeah. the number first? Where's and the then, number thing? Um, where do they have numbers? They like, have numbers well, certain they have but numbers. that's not where you're going every day. Nope. Literally, I've never had a number. Like, once they don't have numbers? Because no, I always feel up. like I'm going to get into a fight with someone because I was there first, but then, like, they step in front of me, and then when that happens, I can't just let that go. I, like, have to be like, excuse me, I was here. And it just feels like an anxiety-causing event. Your number system would actually stop that from happening. But it doesn't, because here's what happens. People stand and wait without a number. Or the people behind the counter go, 52, 52, 52, and I'm 53, and I think, oh, I'm the next one. And then, like, 52 doesn't speak up, and then they're on to me, and then, like, 54, and then 52 is like, oh, 52, like, come on, people, pay attention. Like, I get anxiety with the whole waiting for it. Yeah. Which... As I'm talking to you about it, I realize it makes me sound like a total loon. A little bit. I'm not going to lie. A yeah, bit. a little bit. I get it. Yeah. But yeah, it's an anxiety-causing experience. Do you think that if you did it more often and totally took charge of it, you could get rid of that anxiety? Yeah. Like, if you went every week and got a half pound of meat and just stood there and just... And, and yeah. the more experiences that weren't like that one that you have in your brain as the worst possible case scenario, yeah, you, you might be able to battle that. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, at what cost, you know? Um, I'm trying to think of... Ham? <laughs> fresh, delicious... Fresh, delicious ham? Fresh-cut ham? Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think of... Kurt was having anxiety about something the other day. Oh, he can't order at drive throughs Like, he panics. He panic orders. He panics when he's the driver and he has to, like, call out the order. It's never a pleasant experience for him. And my daughter and I laugh in the background. Yeah. Because he, like, all the questions. Like, do you want that as a happy meal? Do you want that as a special combo meal? And then he's like, no, no combo meal. And then he orders all the things in the combo meal. And then they'll be like, hey, Hey. you could save, like, 50 cents if you order a combo meal. He's like, fine, fine, make it a combo. Like, he just gets so panicky. Wow. We may have anxiety at our house. I don't, I don't, you know what's so funny is I don't even, that doesn't even register in my, my space as a moment to even have any anxiousness about. We don't eat at fast food places a lot because, oh, because of that? He's the driver and he doesn't want to do the ordering. Oh my God. So sometimes I have to to like, 
yes, or I have to be like, I'll just do it. Yeah. I'll scream it over, over from the your... passenger seat. Wow. This is all new stuff. Yeah. He doesn't like to go and get me a coffee because I have a special coffee order. And you're afraid. Is it, is it like the fear of someone judging you or the fear of somebody, of you messing up and like failing at it? Because it's real hard to fail at things that you are paying for and want. I will have to ask him because I don't have the fast food fear. But if I like go back to the deli thing, yeah. here's what it is. It's that I'm going to have a confrontation with someone okay. at the deli counter. Okay. And I'm a confrontational person. You are. You are. It's, and if you butt in front of me, I feel like I need to say something. If you cut me off, I feel like I need to flip you off. Like, things just don't go unchecked with me. No, it's true. And I'm working towards that. You're letting things go. Yeah. But, like, I feel like there's a fairness in the world, and why do you think that there isn't, and that you get to just butt in front of me or get your ham before my ham and... I have to say something to you because I feel like it's my job to put the right order of the world. And do you understand that you're actually putting your order first and more priority? Like, it's like you're but getting, in this fear of getting shortchanged because, and like what's due to you. Because really, does it actually affect you that much? Is the world that much out of order if this person steps in front of you and gets their hand before yours? No, but if we're really getting down to it, and like... At the end of the day, it's just, hey, I'm in a sandwich. Yeah, yeah. No, but this is fascinating to me. Why do you think that, like, your needs rank higher than the rest of the world, standing here waiting patiently with their number? do you think that they think that? Or do you think that they are just in a mistake place? I think it's are? sometimes, I can, can be both. Like, if you're at Certix and it's the holidays and everyone's in a hurry and you've been waiting for a while, I think it's like the squeaky wheel gets the grease, man. Stand up, do your thing, and I just kind of sit back and think, what an asshole. So, when I was in Wales... And we were driving on these roads. I don't know if I told you this or not, but it was like, we're on these teeny tiny roads, and you are basically, we were in a van, a passenger van, that was like a big old van. Yeah, where 14 of you are oh strapped in. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, no, and it wasn't that big, but it was like that. It was in, but I mean, we're on these roads, and there's all these cars, and there's hedges, and there's walls, and these roads have a finite amount of space. There is no... I was run off the road because you are then in a wall or a hedge. Yeah. Like, you will crash. Everybody will crash. So I think it's that form of limitation in a weird way that makes everybody understand they're in the same game. I have never seen so many people just wave at each other as they're squeaking by. If they come to a stop and say we both came to an area at the same time, it wasn't like, well, I have to get to where I'm going. And this is, I was here first. It was just like, oh, well, he looks like he's got a bigger load. So I'm going to back up. And it was like, and so our driver, Sean, she was like, oh, he's got a trailer. It'll be easier for me to back up than him. That happens in St. Paul on my street, which but is a I'm, small street. But what I'm saying is there's a moment where it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who's right or who was there first. Or yes. Who was this. It's kind of whatever, whatever you're feeling, whatever's the easiest, maybe letting it go is easier than creating the confrontation. I'm 100% in agreement with you on driving. Like, but you can't apply that to the rest of your life? Because I feel like I learned something from that that was just, it was so nice. Because driving to me is maybe the more stressful place where everyone feels they have the right, the absolute right of way. Everyone believes that they are in the right space. And I see it here where they, they like, they edge you out when you're trying to merge. Yeah. Like, all of this passive aggressiveness, yeah. to me, is indicative of, it's my space, my right, I'm supposed to be here, this is my time. And I just do this, I go... You know what? You probably have somewhere more important to be than I do. I get it. You go. You have your way. You do the whale's wave, and you go, whatever, my friend. 
if you can apply that to the rest of your life, maybe too. I need to think about it because I've actually been working on it with driving and I'm doing much better. Okay. Everything used to feel like a slight and I'm doing much better. Yeah. Okay. But I... I think it's about putting, feeling that you're not getting what you deserve all around, which is an insecure and a fear thing. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's about then acknowledging that maybe this just isn't your Is that why I'm sweating or is it the sport peppers it that I just ate because it's making me hot? Yeah. I, we, this is not a therapy session. And I no, yeah, it is. This is, this, this is, is what we do on the extra podcast. This is so interesting to me because I always try to figure out, like, why am I not feeling that? Like, where is it that I'm not feeling that? Like, why don't I feel that anxiety? I don't know. I don't know because I'll be with you at, like, public events where there's a line for a table to, like, get your sample or whatever. And I go and stand in the back of the line, and you just walk up to the front of the line. And usually at these situations, like, someone's standing at the plate area. Someone's kind of in the middle standing, like, at the serving area. And then there's usually, like, maybe another person on the end. So you squeezing in between those two people is not bothering them. But I am just like, oh, my God, I would never do that. That is such a butter. Yeah, right. And you're just like, why is it budding? Like, I don't have to wait and be like a lemming here. I can just get what I need and get in there and get out. And, and anybody in that line could do the exact same thing. Yeah, but we don't. I we know. stand there and then we judge you. Yeah. And silently. I'm okay with it because I'm not going to stop. So feel free to yell at me and judge me. And the people do. They go, hey, the line's back here. And I go, yeah, I know. And I just grab it. And they don't, have, they don't want to say, so I just walk And around. you just keep going. Oh. When we're at food events, if you see the two of us and I'm standing in line and she's walking to the front of the line, you'll laugh because you'll know. I'll give two and then I'll give you one. Which is because you're kind. (laughs) You're kind and you're nice. But I don't know. I mean, to be clear, I'm not judging anxiety because I have children who are full, 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 full of anxiety. So it's not like I think I'm above it and it's not like I think that I don't get it. But maybe that's why I try to understand it because I watch my kids and I watch decisions they make. And I just kind of keep boiling it down, like, why are you worried about this? And I'm always trying to figure out what's the fear. Because when you get down to it, it's all, anxiety is based on fear. What are you not getting? What are you, what are you worried about? I was trying to explain this to my husband, because we have a dog that's suffering with anxiety right now. Um, when, and he was talking about his level of anxiety. And his level of anxiety is attached to a thing, a decision, a something's going to happen. And, and honestly, my level of anxiety is the feeling in my body yeah. that's not attached to an event. It's okay. like a low... You're a general anxious lady. You're yeah. generally anxious and he's anxious about something. And mine isn't about a thing, but a thing can then trigger, trigger. what's already this feeling in my body. Like I have it right now and I'm trying to articulate it. It's like a feeling in my stomach kind of a feeling in my breathing, but I don't feel anxious sitting here talking to you. Yeah, I know. That's what I was going to say. Is like, But it's, it's always kind of present. It, and it's always there. Usually. Like, sometimes not, but usually. And to be clear, you guys, as laid back as I seem, a lot of the times, I have my own... I sit in my bed at night sometimes with my eyes wide open on the ceiling, terrified and fearful and anxious about the future and anxious about, yeah. will my kid... Like, th- that's, that's the difference. Like, those are fears that I think are part of you know, that's an anxiety part of life, but that's not generalized anxiety. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. Strange. Mine is like a feeling. And then these instances just trigger it more. Yeah. And then it becomes about the thing. Yeah. I see that. And yeah. I know in the mo like I know it's not rational or I know it's not real, Yeah. but I'm still breathing heavy. I'm still feeling that pit in my stomach. Yeah. You know, I've never actually talked to anybody about this before. Really? Never like maybe Kurt, but no. Because 
I would say that mm, a percentage of my children have been through therapy with uh, anxiety, and that is, and I tell you, it's really, it's, it is that interesting thing where you talk about it, the more you talk about it, you kind of start to think about it, and it becomes less of a feeling, and then the thoughts are the things you can control. Yeah, and identifying it. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's interesting, because I think it's gotten more as I've aged. Interesting, because for my kids, of course, it started in their 20s. And then it kind of like has, they've kind of been mastering it and Mm -hmm. trying really hard. I'm not saying that it won't come back in any way, shape, or form. But it is interesting because uh, also there's one who doesn't have it at all, you know? And so it's kind of like there's a really, there's a really fascinating juxtaposition of the way they all approach things. I've been listening to um, other podcasts, uh, Terrible Thanks for Asking, Nora McInerney, um, who's a local woman, and it's on NPR. And she just did a podcast about OCD and she had three people like basically going through their day of what it feels like to have OCD. It was really fascinating and just was exhausting to listen to how much mental work goes into their trying to manage their OCD. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, we went through a little bit of that. We had certain kids not being able to read a word because it had a certain ending, like a T-I-O-N not trusting yourself that you'd actually read it correctly. So, so then they have to, have to go it, back. And then you have to read it five times, and then you have to say it out loud. And the rituals, sure. yeah. And the rituals that come from all that kind of stuff is like, it's, and I see one of, you know, there's a couple kids who I know now where I can see that they're beginning to develop some of these things, and I don't, they're not my kids. I don't know what to do. I can't, yeah. you know, you got to let people do what they got to do. But it's, it's, in, it's this think about when we were kids nobody talked about anxiety nobody talked about no and I and I'm I'm not embarrassed to talk about it as I unravel it with you as we're sitting here at uh dipped and debris sandwich shop (laughs) you guys this is the beauty of the podcast so because we don't get to talk no this is the reality of us by the way okay so before we wrap up yeah let's wrap up what are you gonna (laughs) eat this week do you have, like, places you have to go? It's restaurant week, so we talked about that on the radio yeah. show. I'm going to head over to Lat 14 and actually have a meal. Yeah, because so it's... I'm excited about that. I've not been there yet. Yeah, it's going to be... I'm excited. I'm, I'm taking a friend who works in the area, and we're just going to uh, see what that's like. But, you know, there's all sorts of... I don't know. It's kind of funny. I went on the night of, like, the weekend before. It's like I never think about what's coming. And then all of a sudden, it's all like, oh, I go to this place, this place, and this place. Yeah, because you have to eat at a lot of places. All right, so if I just look at my week and I think about what I'm going to eat this week, I have to have a couple days of fasting because I've had a lot of eating. Fall is like eating season, isn't it? Well, it's, again, potato season. Okay, Red Cow Pay It Forward event Tuesday night. Uh, The film festival starts, Twin City Film Festival. Are you going to go to Chef Flynn, which is this kid who's like a 16-year-old kid who's like this. Lynn McGarry? Yeah, Yeah. he's like this massive chef. He's going to be in town and do a conversation, I think, with Andrew Zimmer. I did not know that. Do you know we have a Flynn McGarry right now? No, in our midst uh-huh. in Minneapolis. Who is it? I'm not going to tell you his name uh, because I don't know how it's all playing out. But he is uh, he's a kid from Woodbury, and he's staging at Spoon and Stable. He's cooking at Travail. He is huh. 13 years old. Let's get him on Weekly Dish if we well, can. We'll see. He's, yeah. He's maybe not, that's why I'm saying I'm not going to say his name because, first of all, he's an underage kid. But yep. second of all, is I don't think he wants the limelight yet. I think he's very wary of that. Because And that's what this whole movie is about. Right, like Lynn got the limelight and then everyone judged him and everyone had something to say and he was a kid. And it's his 
the documentary that'll be at Twin Cities Film Festival is about how he dealt with that and his parents and just like how all of a sudden people discover you and you become something and then the aftermath and how you deal with that and still pursue the passion that you love. So, all right. Well, we will leave it there uh, for the Weekly Dish Bonus Podcast. We'll see you soon. Ciao.